Well, welcome, welcome to the White House. It's so wonderful to have you here. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, thank you. How how does the the White House look? It looks Trump-like, right? Yes, 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 yes. Well, well, you know we had to spruce it up a little bit, put a little gold everywhere that you see. We have to make the White House great again. Have many seats. This is for you guys, the Washington Capitals, the hometown hockey players winning the Stanley Cup and you're making a stand for America it's wonderful that we have players who want to make sure that they stand for America and and support America we have these ridiculous teams like uh, you know like the, the the Warriors who want to announce before they even win a championship they're not coming and, and those bums, the Patriots, they're bums. Although I do like Kraft, he's a good guy, good guy. But I, I, but I, but I, but I hate the Patriots now, bigly, bigly, mind you. I mean, because well, you know, they don't have class like me. You know, even though I like Robert Kraft, you know, he <laughs> he shouldn't get caught in a spa. I mean, it's ridiculous. But he's your friend. I, uh, class, gentlemen. Look, you can get away with that away from the camera. But when the cameras and mics are on, you act as though you have class. Now, when the cameras and mics are away, when they're turned off, you can do whatever you want. That's the rule of being a billionaire. I should know. I've been one for over 40 years. Enough about me. Well, never enough about me. I mean, <laughs> it's always about me. But in this case, it's about you guys. And I, for the looks of it, I'm so glad that everybody made it. <clears throat> uh, Mr. President, yeah, unfortunately, uh, there are a few players who decided not to, to show. Uh, Brandon Holby, and he actually announced that uh, in public. Uh, Brett Connolly. And Devontae Smith-Pelly. All three announced that they weren't going to join the ceremony. Fake news. That's fake news. And they are unpatriotic. Well, uh, Holt being colony or Canadians. Be that as it may. That's fake news. We're all about celebrating. And we got a celebration for you. <sighs> join me, gentlemen, in the great room. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's wonderful to have... America celebrated with the national team of hockey winning. How appropriate that the Capitals are champions and they are bold enough to fly in the face of all these teams that don't want to celebrate with this and they're here. They're here live and in living color. Uh, Mr. President, yeah. Uh, Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King all called. They said that they're going to be about five minutes late. That's okay. That's fine. I'm telling you, I spared no expense on the food, and of course, I spared no expense on the festivities. Well, let's get to it, shall we? It's going to be huge, huge, like the wall we're going to erect in the U.S. Mexico border. Huge.
Welcome to Cole Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Cole Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guide, Cole Johnson. And on this episode, we're going to deal with elbow trouble once again. We haven't even started baseball, and we have issues there. One of the greats, thinking about actually coming back to the game, we're going to go in on a brand in the business. Of course, have a From the Vault segment, put something upon further review, and the Dolt of the Week will also be awarded. I think you're going to enjoy this episode for sure. But right now, Headlines, please. Dateline Raleigh. The Carolina Hurricanes are a a feisty, spirited bunch, I would say. They have actually had celebrations that have angered the Hockey Night in Canada studio analyst John Cherry. However, in celebration of North Carolina and Duke, both getting number one seeds in the NCAA tournament, which is still undergoing and underway, the Hurricanes decided to celebrate with a little NCAA flair. So they got together after they won 5-1 to one in a route of the Minnesota Wild, and in their celebration included a dunk. They captured it on Twitter, and the tweet read, Quote, this is madness. Close quote. Dateline Philadelphia. The Athletic surveys players all across Major League Baseball each year, and they do it on a variety of subjects and topics. You know, favorite managers, potential rule changes, and so forth and so on, right? Well, they also vote for the most overrated player in the league as voted on by other players. And for the second consecutive year, the winner of that award is Bryce Harper. The former Nationals, now current Phillies right fielder, had this to say about the honor. Quote. I really don't know what to say. I mean, I have no answer. I I have no idea. Now, I knew ESPN did something a couple of years back and I won MVP the next year. So I don't know. Maybe we'll do that again this year. We'll see. Close quote. Dateline Secaucus. The NBA is going overseas and they're going to be playing a game in Europe. Now you're saying, well, wait a minute. That's not news. They traveled overseas to play a game in the preseason way back in the 90s. When, when Michael Jordan was at his prime, and you would be correct. However, the NBA has not traveled to play overseas for a regular season game. That's what's going to happen when the NBA next year travels to Paris in the 2020 or 2020 season. The teams that are going to be playing will be the Bucks and the Hornets. Not surprisingly, one of the teams that have been nominated to go actually has an owner who has gone to play overseas as an NBA player. Chairman Michael Jordan had this to say about the experience playing overseas. Quote, Having played in the preseason in France during my career, I witnessed firsthand the passion the French fans have for NBA basketball. 
we are excited to bring our team to Paris for this history-making event. Close quote. Dateline Los Angeles. The ace of the bums. I'm sorry. The ace of the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw has been placed on the injured list already. Now, he's been on the injured list the last three years on a consistent basis, but he started on the disabled list this year and unfortunately broke a streak of eight consecutive opening day starts. Now, he is due to throw or due to be back and eligible to play again roughly around the first week of April. So if everything goes well, next week he'll be on the mound. But to me, this this rings a whole lot of bells to me. Clayton is 31. He has put a lot of miles in the in, in that left arm. And the whole fate of the Dodgers is riding on that arm. Mind you, we're talking about the ace of the two-time defending National League champs and the team that has gotten close, but not quite the, the World Series pennant. You're dealing with a franchise that needs to win now, wants to win now, and doesn't just want to settle for winning a National League pennant. They want it all, and they want it now, in the words of one late Freddie Mercury of Queen. So, yeah, Clayton, heal up, my man. Get back out there. You're one of the best in the game, and not just on the diamond. You're one of the best athletes we got, period, going today in any sport. Dateline Indianapolis. So I saw something that was really strange. Now, during the owners' meetings, Jim Mercer was asked, uh, just asked, about the possibility of former quarterback Peyton Manning being back on the team. And he recounted one time back in 2016 where the possibility could have happened. But no, 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 not as a quarterback. No, 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 as a general manager. In fact, Ursay had this to say when asked. Quote, it did get close with Peyton. I wouldn't say super serious close, but enough to kick the tires and say, what are you thinking? Because my counsel is there for him, whether he comes to the Colts or chooses to do something else. There was definitely some interest on both sides. Close quote. Now, Manning being an executive in the NFL is not a shock or even having thoughts of being one is not a shock. He has gone down and still is today considered probably one of the brightest minds of any position in NFL history. So it doesn't surprise anyone. I don't think it would surprise anyone, former players, former executives, former coaches, even fans of him. It wouldn't surprise any of us to hear that Manning is a general manager. The surprise and shock to me is the way that he was done dirty by the Colts organization and Ursay himself in particular. I would not have thought that Manning would have entertained the thought of being a Colts general manager. The three places I would think that he would do this job would be he'd be the one to supplant Elway in Denver. He would either be there or he would return back to the state where he got his national fame beginning. Even though he wouldn't be in Knoxville, he would be only two and a half hours away in Nashville to be the Titans GM or the city which embraces the whole Manning clan, New Orleans with the Saints. Looks like it's going to be sooner rather than later that Peyton is going to rejoin the NFL family and we'll be seeing him be interviewed for personnel decisions very soon. Dateline anywhere. Conor McGregor 
has announced his retirement again. So earlier this week, the former UFC champion took the Twitter and he had to tweet. Later we go back into time to the NCAA tournament, the national championship of a year. We're, of course, going to award the Dota of the Week, and upon further review, we're going to talk about a Patriot. But immediately following the break, three letters, B, B, B. I'm about to go So two years ago, there was this bombastic man that came upon the scene. Yellow skin, six foot six, looked like he was about maybe 250 pounds or so. Strolling like a 70s pimp onto the set of ESPN's first take. And then he strolled everywhere else. There was a camera and a microphone. The latest example of P.T. Barnum, we know him as LeVar Ball, was not just pumping the fact that he had sons in Chino Hills that was getting down on the court, but he was pumping a brand. Yes, I said brand. And he would wear these shirts and sometimes hats that had these three B's on it. And we didn't know what that was about, but he, of course, explained it. It was called the Big Baller brand. And there was something peculiar about him. And something even more peculiar about the company. Well, the peculiarity has now turned a little poisonous. And it's unfortunate because you don't want to see that. How has it turned poisonous? That's why I'm about to go in. 
$495 Zoe 2 shoes. $220 flip-flops like Gucci style. The big baller brand came upon the scene and in bombastic style, LeVar Ball wanted to challenge the notion that you didn't necessarily need to have the big boys of Adidas, Puma, Nike, or Reebok to shine forth. That they were going to do this on their own. They were going to be independent. Now, what he was trying to do, though, was he was trying to do like back in the day with some of these rap labels that used to exist. You know, Cold Chillin', Ruthless, Def Jam, and, and there are others where you would see that label, but you would see them signed to a bigger arm. You know, like Def Jam was to CBS and Cold Chillin' was to Warner Brothers so that they could have the support of a bigger company. And they could do what they do and not be bothered by the, well, you're just a startup or you're so mom and pop. How can we trust that you're going to put forth a great brand because you don't have that support of something bigger or something greater? So, of course, well, LeVar wanted to actually have the support of the biggest name on his, I guess, family at the moment, Lonzo, carry the flag and be the person to represent the big baller brand. And that seemed to not always be the case because there were issues of him not actually putting forth the shoe when he was playing. And he was always quiet and standoffish. And, you know, we didn't hear much about him on him as in LeVar. After that, we, we heard really him just focusing on Jello and Mello as they were in transition in some form or fashion. But last week, news came down that one of the owners of Big Baller Brand, Alan Foster, who is a close friend of LeVar Ball's, in fact, he owns 16% or at least over 16% of the company, he embezzled money from Big Baller Brand for the tune of one and a half million dollars. Now, news of this compelled Lonzo and LaMelo the younger brother of Lonzo, to clean all of their social media in any reference relating to the Triple B. You will not see anything Big Baller brand on either one of their social media accounts. What I'm not really liking about this whole situation is that this deals with family, and there's a lot of family dynamics that I'm smelling in this all throughout. And that's what makes this situation a slippery slope and dangerous i mean very dangerous to even scale you don't want to see a family breakup and yeah i'll even put it this way you don't want to see a black family who's trying to build a business from scratch break up i can't say anything bad about lavar ball the man i, I can't I, I can't bring myself to say anything bad about lavar ball the husband and i can't say much of anything bad about lavar ball the father i say much because I don't know if I would pull my then 16-year-old son out of high school to play overseas professionally. Because the way these rules are, it makes it really difficult for eligibility of any sort. Unless LeVar just knew that his son was like, I don't really want to fool with college. I want to go straight to the pros. Then that conversation may have happened. And it's unfortunate with Jello that he had a shoplifting incident back in the fall of 2017 and it precluded him from going to UCLA, that he got yanked out of the program. 
And when he was draft up for draft last year, there wasn't a team that wanted to touch him. I have to say, I think that was a blow. So there are a few things that I would say, LeVar wouldn't do that. But you know what? He knows his sons better than I do. So who am I to say? I just know if I were in LeVar's shoes, I wouldn't do that. But I'm not in LeVar's shoes. Because most of the moves that he's made has been good for his boys. They're respectful of him. They're respectful of their mother. They're respectful of one another. And they're learning how to be men. How can you hate that? I can and I'm not going to. What I do hate is the fact that I think that LeVar has learned a very valuable lesson. And that is you have to trust people who are worthy of that trust. Now, for those who don't know, Mr. Foster also is an ex-convict who has money issues to the point where he landed in jail because of it. So you land in jail because you embezzled money in another company. You get out of jail, you buy into a company of supposedly a close friend, and you embezzle money there. Now, this obviously is the biggest business faux pas that LeVar has had. Now, knowing LeVar, he's probably going to say this is just a mere bag of shells. I'm going to bounce back. We all have setbacks, but that's fine. A comeback is coming, and you know we're going to be bigger and better than we've ever been before. That's what he's going to say. What else can he say? The livelihood of many people, because he does have a business where many other people work under him, is at stake. You know, this guy has a big, big heart, big heart. And I think what he has discovered is that the big heart that he has has been taken advantage of by somebody who doesn't really care about the gesture of making sure that he gets back on his feet from being in hard times. As for Lonzo, I am so glad. Look, the business that LaVar set up to me should have nothing to do with Lonzo. LaVar and Big Baller brand is LaVar's brand. Lonzo needs to build his own brand. And I'm saying this as the dynamic of having a father and a son. I love my father and I know my father loves me. But my father knew when I became a man that there was going to have to come a time where I needed to forge my own way in this world. Not necessarily to spite him or undermine him, but to build on what I learned from him. And sometimes that sometimes that building has to take place away from him. But it doesn't dispel the 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 thought process of and it doesn't demean and it doesn't diminish the love I have for him or the love he has for me. It's just there just comes a time when in a man's life you have to know, hmm, how am I going to get along in this world the way that I'm supposed to get along in it? Not by what I was told by my parents, not by what I was told by older, older cousins, or if you have them, older brothers or sisters or any other influence, whether it's through media or non-media or church or business or school. How do I get along in this world? There comes a time when every man, woman too, but every man has to make that determination. And seeing Lonzo break away from Big Baller brand, that is exactly what he's doing. So even though this sucks, because I don't ever want to see a business like this falter because of money embezzlement, it is great that Lonzo is attacking life on his own terms now. He is separated from Big Baller brand, and he is forging his own path. The question that I have, and I ask this with closed eyes, with hands in prayer, And I really mean this not in tongue in cheek. I mean this seriously and sincerely. Does this mean that the separation of the big baller brand means it's a separation from the ball family altogether? I hope it's not. But if it is, 
This is even more dangerous than we all know because the most beautiful aspect of life has been infringed upon by business conducted with a man who is not blood and a man who's not family may have had the potential of splitting up a family. That's not cool. But what is cool is the fact that even though LeVar challenged norms of the NCAA in saying that 18 and 19 and 20, 21 one year olds need to be paid and they do and scholarships don't count. Even though he challenged those norms, what he also did was show that you can dream big and when you execute on the dream, you don't know how far it can take you. Maybe the best tale of them all about the big baller brand is the fact that you can dream big and do big. So if you have a dream out there, execute it because you just never know how far it's going to take you because we didn't hear about this man March three years ago, but March two years ago, you heard nothing but LeVar ball, this LeVar ball, that LeVar ball, the other. And I was a product of a man who had a dream and he saw it through. I'm happy for that, but I'm sad for the possible end of big baller brand. of the week that's coming up next you've tuned into the classiest sports show on the planet Cold Sports From the vault, a look back at a key moment in sports history. March 30th, 1987. The Final Four is in New Orleans, and on this Monday night, Syracuse faced off against Indiana. In a back-and-forth tilt with a team seemingly more talented than another, Syracuse was about to hoist Jim Beheim's then first national championship trophy. But a jumper by Keith Smart settled the box. Indiana can win. And he decided to put Douglas on offer. And they go man-to-man. Takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Nobody stopped the clock. Nobody stopped the clock. But the clock did stop at the one-second mark. Syracuse with a timeout. Keith Smart with 17 points in the second half has moved the Hoosiers to within one second of a national championship. After a Syracuse inbounds pass that fell into the arms of a Hoosier, Indiana claimed their third championship in basketball in 12 years with a 74-73 victory in the Superdome, making it the third national championship for one coach, Bob Knight. Indiana shoots themselves into the national championship and cuts down the nets with a 74-73 victory over Syracuse on this date. 
1987. From the Vault, brought to you by Sports. by nobody but we're still going to give it to you straight with no chaser the winner of this episode's dota of the week is giant ceo larry bear no 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 not the new york giants not the New York football giants. No, the team that was formerly the New York baseball giants. The CEO that has been in the team since 1992 is on this list because he was captured on video. Yeah, he was captured on video engaged in an argument with his wife. He was captured on video engaged in an argument with his wife that turned physical. Early this month, it was reported that he got into a fight with his wife and video of the incident showed that Bear tried to grab something out of his wife's hand. And in doing so, she flipped over a chair and fell into the ground. Major League Baseball caught wind of it and they said, nah, but you got to sit some games. How much is he going to sit? Well, Mr. Bear has been suspended all the way to July 1st with no pay. So he is suspended with no pay for half of the baseball season. Now, I know you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, he doesn't play on the team. He doesn't really have much in the way of day-to-day operations. He just signs the checks. Well, you miss three months of checks where you can pull in three million people into turnstiles, only receiving one and a half million of those turnstile uh, receipts. And I mean, that's a hurting on your pocketbook. That's a hurting on your wallet. And that's what's happening with Mr. Bear. So the commissioner of Mesa Baseball, Rob Manfred, levied that suspension on him and Bear took it without any complaints whatsoever. This is what he had to say about the suspension and the incident itself. Quote. I made a serious mistake that I sincerely regret, and I am truly sorry for my actions. My unacceptable behavior fell well short of what must be demanded of every person, particularly someone in my position and role in the community. I will not immediately begin this significant work ahead of me to listen and learn from my mistakes and to seek professional advice. Close quote. Now, Bear has been the point person, basically, of the Giants and for the Giants since 2011. 
So when you have these franchise meetings, he's the guy that represents the club in them. Well, the Giants board of directors basically said that the actions that were levied toward Bear were appropriate. And interim CEO Rob Dean will continue to serve in Bear's role until July 1st. And even though Bear will retain the titles of CEO and team president, there will be another person who will be designated a new control person. That's what they call him. Once he returns from suspension. Two things I have to say in general about this whole incident. Firstly, to Mace Baseball. Kudos. And to Rob Manfred in general. Kudos. And here's why I say kudos. I've heard many complaints, especially considering what we have been dealing with last month with Patriots owner Robert Kraft going into a a day spa and getting sexual favors and how bad that looks on not just the Patriots, but the league in general. And if that was a player, he would get the book thrown at him. But since this is an owner, he doesn't. You have that conversation happen with the NFL. And it's just because, well, the precedent has been set. They barely slapped the wrist of one Jim Irsay. I mentioned him earlier in the show. When he had DUI issues earlier this decade. And it took them, if I'm not mistaken, a year for them to actually levy a 4-3 game suspension upon him. The precedent has been set seemingly in the NFL that you can make a mistake as an owner and not really pay for it. But if you make that same mistake as a player, you're going to pay literally through the nose. This is a sign to me of this is what happens when you have a labor union that is as strong as Major League Baseball is. Now, I've been on record at saying that Major League Baseball is the strongest union of all professional sports. We've seen three reasons this month why that's the case, all of it involving money. Three players receiving $300 plus million, 10-year-plus contracts. So you have money. You also have the influence of not disappointing the players and the owners being responsible for them. Even though the owners control the, the purse strings, they feel as though they are beholden to the players and that they are doing this in a tandem system. It is a dance that they do. And if the players feel as though they're being taken advantage of, they are not afraid to strike. And they're not afraid to strike during the season, as evidenced by 1994 in one of the best seasons that has ever taken place in Major League Baseball. The players went on strike and there was not a World Series played. This is another example of why Major League Baseball is the strongest union in professional sports. When you can have an owner who decides to impugn the integrity and the image of the league by being injurious to a woman. A suspension of this magnitude can be levied upon an owner. Imagine if you, you, VIP, imagine if you were to be told by your boss that for three months you can't earn a single dime from us, that you got to sit this out and you can't come back until, well, the date of this show is March 30th. You can't come back to June 30th. Imagine how hard your three months would be knowing that you are anticipating coming back But for all of April, all of May, and almost all of June, you can't do anything related to the company that has suspended you for three months without so much as a check. That's damaging, isn't it? Well, that's what is facing Bear. And the fact that they're doing this, Major League Baseball, I mean, as I said, this shows how strong the union is because 
I'm sure part of the collective bargaining agreement is if the players get punished hard for doing for doing something that's nefarious to the league, the owners should get punished the same as well. And that actually brings a health to a league. Now, here's the public service announcement portion of Dolts of the Week here. Bear, you cannot do anything injurious to a woman, especially if it is your daughter or your wife. We all have arguments. I get it. I'm married. I have arguments with my wife. And sometimes it's not pleasant. I'll admit that. But never would I do something that would make my wife flip over a chair and fall down. And and never will I grab at something of hers. Because you have to understand something. We as men, we are physically stronger, most of us are, than a woman. So any mild aggression can cause severe damage to a woman. Because the strength that we can take is not necessarily the strength that a woman can take. So when you lash out in anger at a woman, you have to be extremely careful because you're going to enter into a world you do not want to visit. Because once you want to physically go after a woman, whether it is harmless or not, whether you're trying to grab something with force, not talking about slapping or hitting, but you're trying to grab something by force, you're putting yourself in a position to do harm to a woman. So you can't do that. And I hope the treatment that Mr. Bayer seeks is one that teaches him that you have to respect your wife at all times. Yes, love her, but you have to respect her. And if you get into arguments, you have to physically comport yourself. Because if you don't, more severe consequences will result. You're fortunate that this is just a major league baseball suspension. What if your wife presses charges on you? If this was a public forum, What if a hotel or a restaurant were to press charges on you? What if the stadium decided to press charges on you if this was in PNC Park? What then? What then? Because this doesn't become just a domestic issue. No, 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 no. This becomes a legal one. And you have to be careful to get to that level. You got to be careful to not put your wife in that position to where she can press charges on you. So as much as I can clown Mr. Bear, I'm not going to. The point of this one is to highlight that you should not do things like this. You should not put your wife, in this case, in harm's way like this. And at Major League Baseball, you are showing the way. Because National Football League, this is how you're supposed to do it. We now have precedent from Major League Baseball that if you were to do something as an owner that is going to damage the league, you will be suspended for a lengthy amount of time and without pay on top of it. We already have a precedent in the National Basketball Association that if you are to do things that are injurious to the league, not only would you be suspended, you will be summarily removed as the owner of the team. And the NFL is still a good old boys network where you'll freeze them out (laughs) in a forum. But there's not 23 of you fools that will vote, get this guy out. You all own the commissioner, and that's just how it rolls. And yes, I know the owners own the commissioner of of Major League Baseball too, but the difference is the owners respect the seat of the commissioner, and they also respect the players. The owners in the NFL don't respect either one. So congratulations to Major League Baseball for making a fair decision. 
because if we're going to have 80 game suspensions for for pitchers or players who are under substance abuse violations, we should do the same if an owner gets out of pocket too. So not only is this a victory for domestic violence in terms of sport, this is also a victory for labor unions that if you fight for the right things, you will attain the right result. Thank you, Major League Baseball. Mr. Bear, I hope your three months are profitable and that you learn to love and respect your wife, not threaten her or put her in danger. When I come back, a patriot decides to ride off like Paul Revere in the sunset. Upon further review, perfect is next. On the next episode of That Was Then, Muhammad Ali in one corner, Joe Frazier in the other corner, two heavyweights undefeated, clashing for the very first time. Cold Sports delves back in time to the fight of the century. That was then for March 2019 uncovers that fight before, during, and after the March 8th, 1971 encounter between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. March 2019's That Was Then episode is the fight of the century. Tune in on Cold Sports with the Z.com Sponsored by Patreon. Thank you, VIP. Baseball has begun. We'll park in a little bit on week one of Major League Baseball action. We also will talk about the winding down of the NHL and the NBA seasons as they prepare for their playoff seasons to begin. We're, of course, going to award the total of the week, have a From the Vault segment, and we're going to have a special upon further review. Don't know what it is yet. I will have something special on tap and only for you. So why don't you just come join us? And thank you so much for the support that we have received for the extra content that we have given you. As you have seen in the course of the past month, Cold Sports has stepped up its its presence and it's because of you that we're doing it. And if you can support even further, we definitely will thank you further. Patreon.com forward slash Cold Sports with a Z and you can access it here on ColdSportsWithAZ.com as well. But that's for future episodes. And of course, tune in to Dota the Month for March of 2019. 
the Dolt of the Quarter is going to be coming up soon. And of course, we're going to have not only Marches, but also Aprils. That was then. That also is going to be coming in the weeks to come. But we're not talking about the future now. We're talking about the present and the recent past. Number 87 in our hearts. To some of you, number one in terms of tight ends. After 10 years, he has called it quits. Who am I referring to? I think you all already know. But for those who don't, I'm going to put this particular subject in upon further review. NFL is still active actually you have defensive end Robert Quinn being traded from the Dolphins to the Cowboys you have running back Jordan Howard being traded from the Bears to the Eagles all of this bevy of activity is still happening still undergoing we also have the possibility of replay with pass interference calls all of this activity in NFL is just piping it's hot and all of that pales in comparison to the story of the sports week. Mr. Robert Gronkowski of Amherst, New York, decided to call it a career after winning his third Super Bowl in five tries. You know, I'm... I, I will say this about Gronk. And I've said this to the NFL correspondent to, to Cold Sports... Christian Simpson Rob Gronkowski I will still say is the most indefensible offensive weapon in the NFL and why do I say that you try to jam him at the line of scrimmage unless you are a defensive lineman he's just too strong for you he'll push you off and he'll go down wherever whatever route he runs you give him room he can abuse the room that you give him if you think that he can't block he most certainly can you try to line him up with a linebacker, he can outrun almost all of them. You try to line him up with a cornerback, he definitely can outmuscle all of them. You try to line him up with a safety, he could probably do both, outrun and outmuscle them. And it would take a special type of safety that could keep up with him, like a, an Eric Berry or an Earl Thomas, to give you a couple of examples. And you could do many things with him. You could run a corner route. You can run a flat. You can split him out wide. You can put him in the backfield. He could be a fullback. He could be a running back. I mean, he, he, he can be and has done many of those things that I've just described. Gronkowski is great. Now, the stats might elude me. I think it's like 581 receptions, 7,000, over 7,800 yards, 79 touchdowns. Now, for many of you, you probably would say, well, that really isn't all that spectacular. And if you compare him to other tight ends, you would be correct. For instance, Shannon Sharp, 850 receptions over 10,000 yards. However, Sharp only received 62 touchdowns to Gronk 79. And then the tight end to me, that is the class of them all. And that would be Tony Gonzalez. Over 1,000 receptions, over 15,000 yards, over 100 touchdowns. The only thing he never had on his resume is a Super Bowl journey. Much less a championship. So, many will hoist, well, Gronk has three rings. He does. So does Sharp. They would say that he is indefensible. He was. 
And so with the other tight ends that I have mentioned, along with Antonio Gates, along with Ozzie Newsom, along with Kellen Winslow, no, not junior, senior, along with Dave Casper, there are so many tight ends, Ben Coates, uh, and and you almost have to argue, is he the best Patriot tight end of all time? Because remember, you had Ben Coates, you had Ron Francis too. Now, I would say that Gronkowski is, but it's not a slam dunk. It's not a slam dunk at all. And I think many are, many are saying that it is, and it's not even close to a slam dunk. Many are also saying it's a slam dunk that he's the greatest tight end of all time. No, no. It's not a slam dunk, and he's not the greatest tight end of all time. Here's why I say that. The greatest ability is availability. And whether you like it or not, for the last four years, Gronkowski was not available for at least four, maybe even more games in a season. Sometimes half a season. And and people have compared that, him, to Sharp. Uh, Gronkowski played 115 games versus Sharp's 209. 115 games for Gronkowski as compared to 270 for Gonzalez. It's just... To me, it's not even a debate. It's not even a question. He's a great tight end. He's a first battle Hall of Famer, simply because he has changed the position in ways that I think you won't ever come back from. Because we thought of tight ends as like a Mark Bavaro or a Mark Shamira, one who is bulky. He may have some height to him. He may weigh at least 265, 270, 275, 280 pounds. You know, he pounds the, the ground game and he may give you a five or 10 yard out you know, like what we see with Jason Witten. And that's another one where you would say, well, hey, he has over a thousand receptions himself. I will give him his moment. He definitely is one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game. No question about that. He will go down as Tom Brady's greatest target. Maybe not favorite, but definitely greatest because there was no target greater than Gronkowski. He needed a slant, he'd run it. He needed an in, he'd run it. He needed an out, he'd run it. He needed a flat, he'd run it. He needed a split out wide and run straight down the sideline. He'll do that. But I know of other tight ends that were, that were able to do the same thing. And so I can't really go with you all in saying that Rob Gronkowski is the GOAT of all tight ends. No, that's why you're prisoners of the moment. Because the last two years, he hasn't been the best tight end in the game today. That honor has gone to Travis Kelsey. So... While he was playing, there was somebody who usurped him as the best in the game right now. So you can't even say that during his time, there wasn't another tight end that actually could compare to him. Now, for a stretch, you could say that. But for 2017 and last year, no, sir, no, ma'am. You couldn't say that. And to me, when it came to 2018, it was definitively Kelsey has surpassed Gronkowski. Now, you could probably say that I'm saying something blasphemous, but no, I'm not at all. You're dealing with the greatest talent, in my opinion, to ever play the tight end position in Rob Gronkowski. I'll admit, greatest talent, possibly the most dominant, best, greatest, no, no. But come the enshrinement announcement in 2024, we'll see the Amherst New York native up on the stand, possibly doing a dance and making a smile one more time. Gronk, we're going to miss you, man. Even though you played for a team that just about everybody hates except for the Boston area, your production, your joy of life, your choix de vivre, your sense of fun, your commitment to work as hard as possible, to be as physical as possible, 
and to put forth the best effort that you possibly can at that particular moment and juncture, the Patriots are not going to be the only entity that will miss you. NFL fan will miss you. And I, sir, will miss you. People say that you have taken care of your money, that you didn't spend one dime of your NFL salary, similar to that of Marshawn Lynch, that you spent, if any, you spent any money, it would, it was all endorsement money that you spent. So wherever you go, whether it's a WWE, public office, front office of a team, whatever you do, just do it with the fun and the commitment to excellence in that endeavor as you did as a tight end for the New England Patriots. If you happen to like this episode or any episode that you've heard thus far, the subscribe button is right there. Click it and subscribe to Cole Sports with the Z.com. If you want exclusive content that Cole Sports provides for you, you want to say it with your chest, you want to reach at us through email, you want this voice on any commercial or voiceover that you may have. You want to get to the private group. You want to hear guest appearances that this voice has been on or this brand has been on. And do you have any issues to heal from heartbreak and loss? Or you want to hear interviews that I have done? All you have to do is go to CoSportsWithAZ.com. That's CoSportsWithAZ.com. You can reach all of that and me through ColdSportsWithAZ.com. And I only ask for three things, not one, not two, three. Love your neighbors yourself and love yourself for your whole heart, mind, and spirit. Tell a friend to tell a friend about this particular program and enjoy the content. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I am Cole Johnson and this is... You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.